This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. Super excited. Now, this is uh, going into February of 2023, and I'm grateful for everybody who's joined the show, everybody who's listened to the podcast over the last six years. It's all due to the, you guys, like everybody, the guests, the listeners, um, everyone who's shared anything on social media. It's a big reason why we're in 180 countries at this point. All I ask from you guys is if you could kindly leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the interview. So maybe you got to wait a second. Like, yeah, if you haven't heard the interviews yet, wait until uh, our interview with our guest today and then let us know in a, a review on Apple Podcasts what you guys thought of it. The more reviews we get, the, the, the more this grows to different locations. So, you know, it was a while back on the show. I think two years ago now, I had my very first guest who was in the rodeo. He was a world champion roper, Tyson Durfee. Okay. And yeah. since then, I haven't had anybody. And I have been reaching out to our guests here, man. And I, I've been trying to lock this down for about a month now because I uh, came across his page uh, through a, another page called Athlete. Um, and Athlete is actually based out of Boise, where I reside. And I know the guys who run Athlete. So I kind of saw his stuff over there. I'm like, oh, dude, I need to get a hold of this guy. And today we're going to hear from the man who is making his way through the ranks in, in the rodeo world with bull riding and everything. We're going to learn everything that's going on uh, in the sport and learn from him because I feel like there's there's a lot that can be taught to athletes, even if they're not in rodeo, but especially rodeo. So I want to learn more from him. His name is Jackson Mortensen, and he's joining the show. Jackson, thanks for being here with us, man. Shoot. Uh, can you still hear me? Am I still yeah, on? I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear um, you. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm super pumped to be on the show. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, we've kind of been playing cat and mouse trying to get on here. I've been kind of busy, so I'm sure you've been busy too. But uh, shoot, I've, I've just been riding bulls, man, and it's been a great time, like being on this team series now and stuff, the new Nashville team series. Like we won it all. Like it was, it was unreal, you know what I mean? And I'm here to hear it, man. Let, let's let's go, dude. So we're going to get into that and then learn a little bit more about the sport itself and the, what you're talking about, the national team series and everything. But Jackson, I want to rewind the clock a little bit. Well, first, for context, can you let the listeners know how old you are so that they kind of have an idea of like who they're who they're listening to? I'm 18 years old and I'm going to turn 19 in April. Okay. All right, man. So you're relatively young, uh, but you've been doing this for a little bit. So talk to us. Let's rewind the clock. When did you first like get into rodeo? Was it And, and was this something that was part of your family? something that you guys had always done? Like when, when did you get introduced to the rodeo world? Because some people that I know, you got to kind of like be, a, you got to be wired differently to want to jump on a bull. So like talk to us about rodeo and how you got into it, when you got into it and everything like that. Shoot. I, I just remembered growing up and uh, like, yeah, my grandpa, he'd uh, made the NFR 12 times. He's a 12 time wow. qualifier to the national finals rodeo. And like just growing up around him and having him as a role model is pretty cool. And like just seeing how the cowboy lifestyle was done. And then like, my uh my my father my dad he um he grew up kind of just like a farming lifestyle and uh in idaho and um he grew up just working on tractors and stuff and then slowly fell into the love of the bull riding game and my dad was a multiple time pbr finals qualifier and then um 
shoot, my mom, she used to rodeo. My grandma used to rodeo. Um, my aunt rodeoed. And then when I was a kid, I was just a sports player. And I'd play, I played football, baseball, wrestling. I did it all. Like, I was a baller. And um, one, one, one day, my older brother, he was just like, all right, man, we got to start getting serious with this stuff if you're going to do it. Like, you got to do it 100% and, like, throw everything else to the side. So, yeah, my family, my brother, my dad, my grandparents, like, they've all been a huge impact on how I've gotten into the sport of rodeo. Whoa, okay. So how old were you when you started actually competing in rodeo yourself? Because you said you were playing the other traditional sports. You know, you were a baller. But when did yeah. you actually, like, fully go all in on, on the rodeo side of things? Okay, I wouldn't say that I fully went all in until – all right, yeah, I could say I went fully in, like, Maybe like three years ago, man, like okay. seriously. And like, I've been getting on, like, I've been competing though. Like since I was little, like I'd, my, my dad would put me on a sheep and like, I'd ride the sheep. They would run down and mutton busting. And then, um, I'd get on calves and stuff like the little, the little mini bulls that buck. And, uh, I was when I was like seven and eight and then slowly transforming into steers and like, then getting up to the ranks to where like, you, you kind of have to take a pause at a moment because the big bulls are really, really big and they're really dangerous and they're really, really scary. And like, you can't just put a kid, you can't just send a kid to the wolves right away. That's like putting a kid in the ring with Mike Tyson for his first fight. Like, and, uh, so you kind of got to like really take that time to prepare and jump to that next level, um, of getting on like, cause these athletes are bred just as good as you are. Like they're out here trying to compete against you. You know what I mean? And when I, when I was 14, I broke my collarbone playing football and um, I was my, that was my sport. I loved it. And I remember I was at home and I was laying in bed and my, and I was in so much pain. Like it sucked so bad. I compound fractured my collarbone. It was terrible. And my brother, he comes in and he's like, man, football is not your sport. He's like, it's our, he's like, yeah, we love it. He's like, but you get hit every single play, man. He's like telling me like the details. And I'm like, dude, I, you're right. But I love football. And, uh, He's like, I'm telling you, Jax, you can take the bull riding to the next level if you're serious. And this is like my older brother, like the guy that always rides bulls the best to me. And I'm like, all right, man, I'll fuck. I'll excuse me. I'll take your word for it. And uh, he uh, so that was like when I my turning point was I quit everything and I quit all the sports that I was doing. And I started working out hard to riding bulls and I just went full gung ho. So from the time I was about 14 and a half to now is like when I've just been on one, just going, 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 big bulls, like going and entering everywhere I can, you know? Man, that's so crazy, dude. So it, a lot of those things that you said are interesting. One was just kind of like the time frame in between from going from like, you know, you make your ways up, but you can't just go onto a bull, like a big bull immediately. So that's interesting to know for those who don't understand rodeo. Like, yeah, it makes sense. You can't just throw them in the ring and yeah, with Mike Tyson, essentially. Um, second thing that you said was interesting was like the, the injury that happened in football. That was like your first love. And the injury occurs and you're not sure like, you know, that's probably that, you know, you talk to your brother and that was kind of like your shift. I call it a yeah. shift in your story, right? That was the shift of where you went and uh, went all in. You know, we talk about business and everything. Sometimes people have to go all in on their business. And usually they have some sort of story where they shift at some point in their life. They shift and they say, okay, I was doing all of these at the same time, but if I wanted to be successful, I needed to go all in. And they did. You did that at a relatively young age, 14 years old, 14 and a half. You know, I want to ask you, you mentioned your broken collarbone, Jackson. In the last couple of years, now riding bulls and everything at a, at a high level, um, 
have you ha- have you suffered any injuries in rodeo? Because everybody looks at them and like, how do you how do you even do that? Like people have busted up backs, arms, wrists, hands. My buddy's father-in-law ripped his finger off. The tip of his oh. finger ripped off with a snapped his tendon out of his elbow and oh. ripped off because he was roping and it got caught and ripped. So like, it's disgusting. He like has a half a finger and he like jokes around about it. But there's a picture of it on Facebook where it looks like a string on his fingertip. Oh. It snapped the tendon. So anyway, there's a lot of things that have happened in rodeo. So I'm curious, like, have you seen injuries? Have you experienced any injuries? And like, if not, like, how do you, how do you mentally prepare for that? Well, you know, I, uh, I'm actually coming off of an injury right now, but I'm going to get to the start of it. Like, man, I was, when I, after I broke my collarbone, I was like, I was determined. And I was like, I'm going to be the guy that rides these bulls and it doesn't get hurt. I'm going to be the guy that does it with, with efficiency. He lands on his feet and then steps away like untouched, you know, that's what my goal was. And for about two years, I had that nailed down to a T. I was riding every bull I got on, jumping off my feet. But I, it comes to a point where you got to get humbled, and I don't even think it's that. It's just a point where, like, you realize what kind of animal you're messing with and, like, yeah. what kind of animal you're about to get on. And um, when I first got drafted into the team series, uh, my coach, Justin McBride, he called me, and he said, this was two weeks before the draft. He's like, hey, man, we're going to get you. Do not – do not go to any other team like you were going to be us and you're going to ride like all year like you're going to be our guy and I was like all right I'm going to tell everybody else I don't want to do it and like I remember my first bull I get on they they threw me to the wolves like they kind of had to and um like it was it was a good deal and I ride this bull like right to the whistle and he bucked me off and I could feel this I never had this pain in my hand before and I like was just feeling this and it was in my riding hand my right hand and so I tell him I'm good and I get on another bull and this bull had never been rode and I got on him in the championship round and he, and it was my second bull ever in the team, in the big unleashed the beast. And I, it was like a week or two after my, no, I was probably about a month or two after my uh, 18th birthday. And like, I'm trying, I'm with all my heroes. Like these guys that are all sponsored by monster. I'm with the guys that I like would look up to. And I remember I got pummeled hard. Like this bull just brought me out of there and then just kind of, threw me down and just I didn't even know what happened it was so fast like and that's kind of like embarrassing for a professional to not know what just happened like like to get up and be like what the heck did I just do like not being aware of it and then I had this pain in my hand and it kept on crunching and uh I told my coach and the trainers that I was good that everything was fine and then we went to try on North Carolina I drew this bull named Moneymaker at Danny Mason's he's this big red bull he's the money bull with Moneymaker and I was like all right Now's the time. Like my hand, I knew I knew my hand was broken. I was the only one that knew that. I would not let anybody else know that. I was just like, I got this. Like I got this, and this bull gave it to me. Like I rode him for like seven seconds, and he jerked me down, hit me in the face. Like, and I got off, and I was like, and the doctor, Tandy Freeman, the sports doctor, he grabbed me and he said, Jackson, we're flying you to Dallas tonight. You're not getting on tomorrow. We need to get somebody to look at your hand. And I was just like, gosh, I was freaking out. So I was actually really being so immature about the situation. And I was like thinking that I was like, I can do it. Like, I got this. Like, why are you guys pulling me out? Why are you giving me the towel? Like, you guys brought me here, put me on the bulls, you know? And uh, on the flight back, I'm like understanding. And I'm like coming back to, I'm like, okay, I have a lot of life left to live. I got a lot more bulls left to ride. I go in there. I broke um, deep down in here. You have a bunch of little bones and you're a, your ring finger and your middle finger, they meet up right down here. And I split it completely in half all the way down to my wrist. And so it breaks 
And uh, now I'm in Dallas and I'm like sitting in bed for a week. I'm just like so mad. I had to go to training camp with a broken hand and it was just, it just sucked for me. And it was kind of like a mental thing to come through. Cause it was like, right when I got in there and I didn't even get to show them who I was or anything. And uh, so my hand gets better. I had to wait, like I, I waited until the doctor said that I was good. So it was about like two and a half months. I mean, that was too good to, that was like when it is healed. It wasn't when it was like good, good, but it was yeah, healed yeah. for sure. And uh, so then I started taking the initi- initiative. I have a, my trainer is a, the, they, he's a, on the Instagram is a, the bearded black cowboy. And he's a bad son of a gun. He is one of the best trainers in the business. He trains me and my Brazilian buddies and like, he, he got me right, and uh, he made everything work out for me, and I started riding bulls. I jumped right back onto things. I started winning. I started kicking butt. I went and took um, third up at the King of the North finals up in uh, North Dakota. Chad Berger had a thing up there. I was riding good, and then uh, the PBR finals comes around, just this, just or the team series finals, right before the team series. And um, I uh, go to the uh, Fort Worth Stockyards, and I got this bull named Sucker Punch, and he's never been on by a human, and he's the number one futurity bull in the world. And I was, like, I was nervous, but I had confidence, man. Like, I was a killer at that point, and I was ready to go. And um, shoot, I rode him one jump. Kind of felt good and really strong. And the second one, it kind of just took everything from me. And then the third jump, he brought brought me down. He was about to hit me in the chin, and I just covered my elbow, and he – um. He exploded my elbow. He broke my radius. He broke my ulna. He broke my humerus. He messed it up really bad. And um, my my arm was just like hanging down. And I didn't. And that that's uh that's the injury I'm coming off of right now. And I'm getting on Monday. I'm gonna get on Monday. I'm cleared to get on now. So. Whoa, dude, that's a pretty brutal injury, bro. Oh, it's brutal. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that scar is wild, man. It was wicked. There's no there's no bone in like in my elbow, there's like mainly metal. Like it's not That's what I was gonna ask. If he shattered it all, like yeah, they, they had to put a lot of metal in there to try to piece it together. God dang, dude. Hopefully it's stronger now though, because of that. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, Doc Doc said that the only way that anything could harm it is if I did the exact same thing again. He said that I've rode bulls. 18 years of my life and I haven't landed like that. So he said that the odds of me doing it again are pretty slim. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So I guess to that point then, Jackson, if, if, if you've, you've experienced a broken hand, which if those who have never experienced broken hand as a former boxer myself, like that was a pretty common injury. Uh, boxers fractures were common injuries, but they were kind of a pain in the butt. Like they do take about two months, two and a half months. And then like to start hitting again, you got to take it even longer because if you hit it wrong one time, it can just pop it right again. It's, it's the yep. worst. So it's kind of annoying. It's not, to me, it wasn't the most painful injuries that people experience. No. Like um, I've had way worse injuries than a broken hand, but it does hurt. It's not like it doesn't hurt, but it does, yeah. it's kind of a nagging injury. But then, dude, your elbow, everything. Okay, so you've gone through these massive injuries at a relatively young age, but mentally, to be able to get back on a bowl and ride again, which you're excited to do, you're gonna you're cleared to go back on, what do you do mentally to get to that point? Cause there's a lot of athletes out there, whether they're rodeo or not, there might be just, you know, traditional sports athletes and they, they struggle when they come back from injuries because of the men- mentality side of things. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, um, that's a touchy subject. I mean, it really is because like, who, who, who's for anybody to say that, like, like, like if you're going to be able to do it again or who's if like, like you're always going to have these feelings. And like, I recently I've, 
gone away from those feelings of like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to be able to ride as good as I did? Like, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to come through like such an event? Like, am I going to be able to do this stuff again? Like, just like those kind of thoughts. And like, I remember I was getting those and I was coming out of like my, uh, probably about like my four week mark from surgery. I was like laying in bed and I was like, why do I ride bulls? I was like thinking, getting all these bad thoughts. And it was just like, it sucked. And then I called my dad, my dad's my hero. And I was like, dad, you gotta help me out, dude. Like I, I keep on telling myself this stuff. Like, and I need to, I need to quit. I was like, I, I know, like, what am I going to do? And he's like, dude, you just broke your arm. You were the best youngest guy in the world going man. like, calm down, dude. It happens to everybody, dude. And he like told me like, I just need to like take the initiative and sit back and look at what I've done already. He said, and just go try to capitalize on what else I can do. And like after that, like I, my dad is like, he's really like mental, mentally strong. And he's like a really mental, good coach. And uh, like, I started going to the gym. I started eating right. I started getting, I started getting back into the work of things. I couldn't do anything with my left arm. But like now, man, like last week I went to a bull ride and I flew to Denver to help my brother out. And he rode both of his, he rode all four of his bulls and he ended up getting third. And I'm like, just to be there helping my brother out, it was just like I was frothing at the mouth. I was like, oh, I want to get on. I was like, I can do it again. Like, I got this. And that's yeah. how I'm feeling now going into Monday is just like, hammer down, let's go. Like, there's no, I'm going to try to get on and just look like I haven't had any time off. I'm just going to try to get right back into the work of things. Oh, I love it, man. I mean, so it's good that you shared that though. Cause it's not like it was just an overnight process. Like you needed to contact your dad. You needed some support there to like kind of get you to snap out of it and try to get you in the right mindset. But like everybody, yeah, everybody has their own ways of coping with things. I mean, I've, de I've dealt with injuries my life. I was actually just talking about it today. I've mentioned it multiple times on my show. I, I, when I tore my shoulder out when I was 28 years old, that was like the end of my athleticism. And it, it took me down a deep spiral of bad stuff because I was, yeah, I used to be super athletic and now, you know, it, it, it took me down a, a different path after that. So, um, it, it's hard mentally. It's hard to come back from those things. And it's cool to see that you're doing it though. Um, and you had the right support system. You know, you mentioned your trainer, um, and you mentioned like the Brazilians that you guys work with and everything and, and whatnot. I want to know more about the training side of things, because there's a lot of people who are like, well, what do you do to train for bull riding? Yeah. Let's just yeah. sit on a bull. Like, how do you even train for that? Like just to sit down, you like, is there certain lifts that you're supposed to do? Is there, so I want to, I just want to break it down with you, Jackson. What, what's, uh, what's the training like for a bull rider? So, um, it's all like, uh, you got to have a good core, good balance. And like, it's pretty much like a, a, a legit wrestling practice. Like we go, we go hardcore. We have mats, we have blue and gold mats. Like we got, like we all get out there and like, uh, we do a bunch of different other kind of lifting techniques. Like we do a lot of pull-ups. We do a lot of sit-ups. We do a lot of like, more like I could say like um, just full body stuff, you know what I mean? And then like we'll work on like we'll put bands on each other and we'll like work on sticking our chest out and then we'll work on sitting up backwards the other way. Like we'll do all – we'll run. We run warrior miles. We do a lot of jump and rope. Like we get on a lot of bulls. We get on a lot of bulls. Like that's one of the main thing in training is like you're not going to go to play football practice. You're not going to go play in the NFL on Sunday – if you haven't been practicing every single day all week running through those plays and running through your moves and what you're going to do or like boxing, you're not going to go into a boxing fight if you haven't thrown punches at a live guy. If you haven't like thrown those punches and like like figured out where you're going to do it. Like same thing with bull riding. Like if you're going into a ride and you haven't been on the bull in months and months, like it's muscle memory. You got to get back into that stuff. Like you got to you got to figure out like 
when you're comfortable, like get it, like we'll get on three bulls. And if I ride a good bull and I feel good, I'm done. I'm going to wait until I go get on because I got that confidence. I got that memory. That's what I got. And I'm going to go into the fight strong. You know what I mean? So pretty much just like a lot of practice bulls, a lot of, a lot of mind training too. It's a lot of physical stuff. Like just not really like harder work. It's hard workouts, but not really like, it's just more like a mental to get yourself through the workout. Like just long, long runs, long stuff, like long, uh, training sessions just stuff that really wins you a lot of cardio and it's just it's all mental training though like really it is like we do a lot of training on our bodies and stuff but bull riding is such a mental sport like it's so so mental like you have to have confidence and you have to believe in yourself and that's part of the training really you know what i mean too so Totally, man. It's it's wild because you're you're training like long distance running and a lot of like a lot of stuff. Like you're putting a lot of effort in, and uh, it's for eight seconds. Like it's for an eight second exactly, ride, yeah. right? That's wild, and it speaks to how you know how much goes on behind. Because like, I wish people would. I want people to hear. That's why I'm glad to have you on the show. I want people to learn this stuff. The the casuals that you know maybe they only watch it on TV here and here and there. They don't actually understand what goes on behind the scenes. Yep. Because to a lot of people, they might be like, dude, you just you just need eight seconds. Okay, I could hold on for eight seconds. That's yeah, what people yeah. think, right? It's like, no, dude, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And I love that you mentioned the like the other sports too. Like for boxing, you can't just hit a punching bag and just like start hitting a punching bag and then expect to go fight someone. You got to understand how the other person moves, what angles you need to take. Yep. How do you how do you roll with a punch, slip a punch? How do you counter? Like those are things that don't just happen by hitting a punching bag. So you have to do live fighting, sparring, and so forth before you get into an actual match. Else you're gonna get smacked pretty pretty dang bad. So yeah, that was it was a good it was a good uh example there. So Jackson, as uh you mentioned the Brazilians, um, so are they from Brazil? Like who, who you're training with? Like, or do you guys all go to one location for a certain place? Like, or are they living here in the United States? I'm just curious where your teammates are at. So yeah, our uh our um training and our uh or not our training, our management, our team owners, and my coach, he wanted to make sure that we are all in the same area, and so. We've got guys that have flown here from Sao Paulo, Brazil. We got guys flying from um, Bundaberg, Australia. Like we got guys coming in. Like, but my team's got narrowed down to. Uh, we have a really fine set and a fine group of uh, the best uh, Brazilian bull riders, if you ask me. And then we have like the top young talent of um, American st- American style bull riders on our team too. And like, yeah, we all live like uh thir- like about 40 minutes apart from each other and we all go and we train in uh uh my trainer's gym he has like a good gym there in uh whitesboro texas and uh, well he lives the gym's in gainesville but my coach lives in whitesboro like all my buddies live in decatur um like it's we have one guy that doesn't live here and he lives in um south dakota and uh he just flies in his name is mason moody he's the other young gun on the team me and him are always duking it out um He's, uh, he always stays with me though. Like whenever we go fly places, none of the old guys are like, we don't want to hang out with these young bucks. So me and Mason get to hang out. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. It's cool. The, the, the Brazilians I want, like I, I served a church mission in Brazil for two oh, years. Really? Yeah. So I served down there. I, I lived in, in so did my, my uncle, my uncle did a church. He was a Mormon and he was a yeah. missionary in brazil too yeah 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 that's what i did so i lived there for two years that was back in 2008 to 2010 but what's interesting about that is like everybody thinks of brazil as a as soccer right because brazilians have that's that's their sport but where yeah. i lived was a bunch of cowboys so i lived in the south and there was a city that i lived in called vacaria and in vacaria they they had it was all we call them gauchos and all the all the cowboys down there like they rode horses across the city and stuff it was like 
so different than the rest of the country, but like they were always wear, riding their horses everywhere. Well, that's where I learned all about like Brazilian rodeo and like how, and the Brazilian bull riders yep. and stuff. And it was actually a huge sport. Like it's a very big sport within the niche of people, just like it is here in the United States. Like there's a niche of rodeo people that like, it's a big sport. There's big money in it too. And they travel yep. the world and stuff. And so that's why I was interested. It's cool to hear that you got people from all over the world. And that was my other question. I wanted to ask you, you know, rodeo is an awesome sport because of that. You get to learn different cultures and so forth. So maybe you mentioned Australia, you mentioned Brazil. I mean, there's people from all over the world and just in the years that you've been competing, Jackson, what, what would be one of the things I guess that you've learned from different people from different cultures, like one of the biggest life lessons you've learned? So my I uh, my role models are the Brazilian guys like Kaiki, Pacheco, Silvano Alves, Dinner Barbosa, like uh, Joel Henrique Lucas, um, Claudson Rolfo. Like those are my role models. Those guys are my like I want to be like them when I when I get older. And like it's just because they don't have it like uh, how we do. Like it's kind of crazy like to think about and like you don't really think about things as like that differently. But my buddy Kaiki Pacheco, he's like the ice man. He is the best bull rider going right now. They say he's going to be the best and go down as it like, and he didn't get on a bull until he was 12 years old. He didn't have any equipment. He didn't have any stuff. He didn't have anything like that. Like, and for him to just like be like such an impact on people like that, but not only that for him to just be like healthy, like he's a healthy athlete, like doesn't drink, doesn't smoke doesn't do anything, doesn't um, taint his body in any way. He's always trying to better himself. He's always doing something. He's always in the gym and he's always like around the animals and he's always like learning from the animals. Like he's always with his bulls. He's always like watching the bulls walk, watching what they do, watching when they eat, when they like, he's very, very intelligent. And like learning like stuff like that is like, dang, like this guy is so elite and he's bringing his, um, his ways of doing it over here to like where the typical cowboy way was just like drink a beer, smoke a cigarette and then get on a bull. Like, cause you're a cowboy, you know, but that's not what that, like only JB Mooney can do that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's not, there's not, that's not how it is anymore. Like it's a sport and it's an athlete. It's like, you gotta be an athlete to do this. Like you can't just like pretty much just half ass what you're doing and yeah. like expect to be the best you can't. And, like, that's one thing that I've taken away from these guys is, like, their work ethic and their um, their want and their drive to be the best and to, like, not be the best for anybody else, not to beat that guy. I want to win because I want to win. Like, that's their, like, they want to do it. Like, they, like, they're not trying to beat anybody else. Like, not like, I want to beat that guy. I don't want that guy to beat me. They're like, no, I'm going to win, like, because I'm the best. Like, that's what they say. So, like. Just their mentality, their way they work on things. That herba mata tea, oh my goodness, amazing. <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, shimahau is what we used to call it over there. And uh, yeah, yes, yeah, dude, that's it's always super, super good. That's cool, man. It's cool to hear what you're learning from from those guys. And what's interesting is something you pointed out is just like how th that particular guy uh, didn't come from the same circumstances and i don't think a lot of people yeah. understand that when you learn from different cultures you really see you're like oh oh yeah he didn't come from the same like you yeah. know situation i did they didn't they didn't have all the same resources but he made it happen he figured out like he, he told me this, he told me this story one day and like it struck my mind because like i grew up riding like riding animals being able to get on stuff like being able to look at myself he said that the way he crafted his talent and the way that he crafted his form he would look at his shadow when the sun would get right above him he said when the sun would get right above him, he'd look at his shadow and he'd make sure that it was square. Everything was square. He said he'd make sure that his shoulders were level. He'd make sure that his, he couldn't see his head and that his chin was tucked. 
He'd make sure that his legs were parallel. Like, and like, I was listening to this guy and I was like, he's got to be joking, right? Like, there's no way. Like, you know what I mean? And like, but that is dead serious. Like, Silvano, he told Brown, like, no, he's a serious guy. Like, serious. And I was like, what? Like, that's crazy to me. That is like, crazy. Like, and that's how he learned. And then, like, it, it's it's insane. Like, I I respect that so much out of these guys. Like, that's the different level of respect I've gained from them, too, you know? Oh, and yeah. they're, um, how they, they're really, really religious dudes. Like, they really are. And, like, I like that. I, I think it's good for the sport of bull riding. And I think it's good for any extreme sport. But that's just my put on it. But anyways, yeah. they, um... They always pray before they do stuff. Like before we do anything, we're at the house. We uh we'll say a prayer before we eat. We'll say a prayer before we ride bulls. We'll say a prayer when we pack up and leave, and everybody parts. Like uh, when we get into the facility, we thank God for the facility. We thank Him for the bulls that He brought us. We thank Him for everybody here, our family, everything like that. And I feel like that's just like a like no teams do that. Nobody does that. And like for me to be a part of a team that's like so culturally entwined with what's going on it just makes me happy as a person because like i don't have to hide anything anymore like i got i, I got my boys and they got me and like we all feel the same way about one thing and uh it's good and it's good to have around especially as a young person i think you know so cool man like it's so cool the culture that has been brought around you like the brotherhood aspect of it all the religious aspect i respect that a ton like being i love that you just mentioned like being grateful for the bowls that the that the lord has provided you being grateful for the facilities being grateful for your food like praying and communicating with god and bringing that aspect into rodeo like it's good for any sport it's good for any person in my opinion yeah so like that's awesome man that's so cool good for you guys that's so so dope thank you i appreciate um, that yeah man this is this is interesting I, I love learning from you man so um my question here is okay people talk about this is a question i've had my whole life about bull riders specifically when you're on the bull like there's got to be like it, does your time just like stop it's only eight seconds only eight seconds right but does your time like stop in your head does it feel like it's like 20 minutes um how does it like how does it feel when you actually when the gate opens and you're going like can you hear everybody do you block them all out like how do you even focus what's going on in your head as the chaos begins I mean, a lot of people can block stuff out and, like, block out sounds and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can block out sounds, but, like, I swear I've heard my mom yelling for me in the stands. I swear. Like, it's crazy. Like, but, like, my brother, like, if I'm riding the bull and he's like, yeah, spur him. Like, spur him. I could hear that. But, like, when I crawl down into the chutes, it's, like, a surreal feeling. Like, when you are actually – when you actually crawl down in them and, like, you mean business like how I do. Like, not like how a lot of people just say that they're bull riders. Like – I get in there and I mean business and it's like my mind switch turns on and it's like I'm in there and it's just me and the animal and I try to become one with him like I try to feel him I try to feel him if he's going crazy I try to just like give him the sense that I'm a calm guy like try to just like calm him down like but I'm telling you though you got to have an internal clock set in your head when you nod your head because like it gets long it does it gets a really really long time and I feel like the longest part of the ride is like um that clinch point between five to eight seconds or five to like nine seconds, if you're going to stay on that long, but like out of the gate, that's like all of your, that's so quick. That happens so fast. Like your bull's going to fire out of there and he's going to pick a spot left, right, maybe even fire out again and then pick a spot. And like, that's like all my, I call that like my tracking time. Cause you got to track them out of there. Like you track where they go. And then as soon as they change their lead and hit their spot, then you have like a, you have something to read off of, but at five seconds, I feel like it's just a different game because that bull brings another force. Like, especially these bulls I'm getting on now, 
they all have a second breath. Every single one of these bulls I'm getting on now has a second win. So it's like, dang. It's like, because like you used to be able to ride him for like three, four, five seconds and be like, oh man, he's going to be easy and he's going to die down and get weaker hearted. None of these bulls here are weaker hearted. All these bulls are just like us and they're out there trying to buck you off, you know? And at that mark right there, they catch another gear and they start bringing it harder. And like, that's when you have to really dig down deep and like go to them again. Like how, like when they just fired out of there, but that time seems like, I mean, legitimately, it seems about like 20 seconds, like maybe 20 seconds, maybe 10 seconds, maybe like 15, but like some of them are longer than others. Like some, some are really quick and feel really easy. And some of them are really, really long, like, and really treacherous, like, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I, I couldn't even, it's kind of hard to explain how that timing aspect comes in because like my adrenaline kicks in, like all the sounds, everything like, but time destined definitely does also slow down at some points. Dude, I'm like geeking out right now. I'm just like imagining it as you're explaining it. Here's the question then too, Jackson, that one, one of the uh, things I've always thought as a spectator is I'd almost be just as scared getting off the bowl and trying to get out of there as I am just being on, I'd almost want to just ride it out and like, wait till he calms down. But you know, there's gotta be a process there too. Like jumping off. Is there, do you guys train for that? Like how to get off the bowl and get the heck out of the way before he goes crazy. Yeah. So that goes back to practice. Like, okay. You want to get on the bull in the practice pin. You're not just going to open your hand and just like slide off of them and just get your shit rocked. Like, no, you're going to try to jump off and land on your feet. Like, and like, my deal is, is like, I, the Brazilians teach get off away from your hand and the Americans teach never get off away from your hand because it's just the different styles of riding. And like, I've gotten to where like, I can just, if these bulls buck so hard right now that I get on and I'm so little, so like, I can just lean back on their butt and they just whoop, like, just launch you. And you have to like open your hand and catch that timing and like be able to stick it, like to be able to stick that landing. And like, sometimes though, you don't really get the opportunity to like get a perfect chance to get off. So you kind of just got to wing it and like hope for the best. But you know that when you hit the ground, you have to be running every single time you have to hit the ground. These bullfighters are unreal. You'll probably never get touched. You probably like nowadays, a bull rider will probably never get touched by a bull. And when he does, he's going to get touched really, really like a lot. He's going to get like touched. And but I, I feel like, yeah, you, you don't, you, like, I'm always thinking right before I get off and I'm like, ride him for 10 seconds. Don't ride him to the whistle, ride him through the whistle. Like, don't punch the guy, punch through the guy. You know what I mean? Like, don't yeah. ride, ride to eight seconds because what happens if you ride, ride to below eight seconds? You know what I mean? Or like, so I say right there when I'm in the shoot or like when I'm about to get on, I'm like, ride him for 10 seconds, jump off on your feet. Ride him for 10 seconds, jump off on your feet. And like, that's what I'm trying to get in my head because that's all I need to do is just ride for 10 can jump off my feet and then I can do it again tomorrow. Like every single time, ride 10, jump off my feet, do it again tomorrow. Like that's what, that's, that's my motto of going to it. Like really. Man, it's so interesting, man. Everything you said right there is perfect because it, it answers a lot of the questions I had. I love that you were talking about like becoming one with the bull. Like every bull is different. Every animal is different and you have to kind of figure them out and you don't have a lot of time to do that. Uh, so you nope. kind of just, do your best. Like you said, you get in the shoot and you're sitting there. You're like, you try to become one with them. Let them know that you're calm. And I'm sure that doesn't always like help them calm down, but it, maybe it does sometimes. And so it's like, you just, yeah. you, you just got to respect the animal and understand that every animal is different. You, it's, there's a lot of stuff out of your control, but then that's where your training comes in. And I love, I love hearing all the ins and outs, but here's the other thing I wanted to ask. 
you know, for me, it was interesting when I when I was a boxer. It was different than football and basketball for me as I was growing up. I, I competed in all those sports, but when I was boxing, um, because it was such a violent sport, and I loved it. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved it, but it's surprisingly enough, you'd think I'd be listening to music that was like hardcore violent music to get pumped up to go hit someone's face. Yeah. In fact, I was actually listening to Michael Jackson. That was like my go-to Michael Jackson. Okay. My right. And it would, it would like slow my breathing down. It would slow my nerves down. Cause I'd start to get like my adrenaline pumping too soon. I'd be waiting for my match and I'm waiting for other guys to finish their matches and it was taking forever. And so my adrenaline would pump too early. And then I'd be like, gassed so like i just listened to michael jackson and it was it would like it would slow me down and i had the same song okay. i'd repeat over and over so that was kind of like my pre-fight ritual it was like you know hit the mitts i got like you got taped up and then you come out and i wait a certain amount of time before my match and I'd, I'd, I'd hit the mitts and then i'd pop in my music and i'd be going through that as i was like so i couldn't hear the crowd going so and then i'd get in and then that's when i was ready to go bell rings and it's like okay i've got three four rounds depending on the match and i'm here we go but for you, as you're getting ready for like, if you go to an event and it's like day one, do you have a pre, like a pre-match ritual, essentially like a pre-ride ritual that you go through and, and, and try to get yourself in the right mental state? Yeah. And I mean, like, shoot, it's a little bit, it's, that's a little bit different than boxing because like, you kind of don't really get that glory of like just sitting there and by yourself for a minute right before you get on. So like you, they are playing tunes and like, yeah, I have, like, I go and I'll hang my bore up on my bowl, like, but talking about music, though, I always listen to pump-up songs, like, getting into the, like, facility. Like, when we're rolling into a Toyota Center or the Honda Center or anywhere, like, when we're going somewhere and it's a big place or even any bull riding, I'm going to be playing that icky thump. I'm going to be playing some freaking kid rock. Like, I'm, you better believe it. Like, you're going to think that there's some rock stars coming in. Like, we're going to be jamming. And, like, I, I really like it, but I do calm myself down, too, with some music. If I do get to the point where like my heart's over here and I'm like, oh goodness, like God dang, I gotta get on the bull. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Odessa. It's uh pretty much just like instrumentals. And then oh, yeah, I, you gotta love like, Odessa. Cause like at some point I and I, I I tell people this all the time. Like I've told my mom and I've told my dad, and they say that I'm a jerk, but like I just don't like to hear people talk sometimes. And like I don't like to hear words out of people's mouths. Like that's just like I like you've probably been there too. Like sometimes it's just all right to not hear words. And so that's like I why I like to listen to that because like you don't have to hear anything. It doesn't have no there's nobody talking. There's no annoying sounds. Like it's just that. And I feel like that's what calms me down a lot. And like they say, like, you're so selfish, you're so rude. I'm like, no, that's seriously how I feel. But um yeah, my my like pregame match though, like I'll hang my rope. And uh, usually, like, where my pregame gets in is, like, I'm standing on the shoots, and then, like, the shoot boss will be like, all right, Jackson, um, they're coming to you in two bulls. Uh, better get down and get it get it hot. And when you get it hot, that means just get your bull rope hot, get it sticky. And, uh, and shoot, I usually just, like, I, uh, I'll take a couple squats. I'll grab the rail. I'll kind of stretch on it. I'll kind of get my, my muscles a little stretched out. And then I give a really big whack to my right thigh, and I give a really big whack to my left thigh, and then I just like kind of like pat my helmet a little bit, not too hard because I think it's stupid if a guy's freaking hitting himself in the face before he's about to get on super hard. That's kind of stupid to me, but I just kind of like rattle my cage a little bit, and then like I crawl down really slow, and I try to touch my knees to the bull first because I don't want like I want him to feel like my calmness before he feels my hooks, like my iron hooks. I want him to feel my my knees. And I try not to hit my bull with my hooks until I nod my head because I just think that that's stupid. So I'll slide down in on my knees and like I'll I'll have my um 
I'll have one of my buddies and he'll have his arm over me and like I'll crawl down and like as soon as my my knees get down to him, my butt's on him, then I'll slowly drop my legs and I'll grab I'll like glide my uh, like my knees in inner side side of my knees and my thighs like just kind of like kind of grab him a little bit and like let him know that like I'm not there to hurt him and then like I kind of go to business in there I'm gonna keep my bull rope up and uh I'm just gonna like kind of like get into the zone just kind of look at this bull and like see where it's gonna fit like where my rope's gonna feel the best and then I get my rope sticky sticky I don't like I love my rope to be gooey like really sticky like I don't like it to be any like dry or nothing I love sticky bull ropes and I'll take my wrap and then um I I don't mess around either I'm not a guy that you're gonna sit there and wait like two minutes to watch ride like they're going to barely maybe get my first name off and then I'm going to already be out of the shoots. Like I, I'm quick in there and like all my thing is, is I, I'll tie my hand in and then I creep up really slow and I get high and then I suck down really slow and tight. And then I get in my form and then I nod my head. Like that's, that's usually how it goes for me. Dude. I love it. I love hearing it all, man. I love hearing the whole breakdown. It's like almost shooting a free throw for a basketball player, but in much more detail. Cause free throw, you go through your routine to do Got 10 seconds to shoot the ball. That's it. Like this is much, and it's, it, it almost is good. It sounds stupid. I mean, the, the listeners to this podcast are gonna be like, what are you talking about? But I'm actually feeling anxiety while you're talking about it. I'm like, dude, I can feeling like the bowl is right there. And I'm like, oh, dang, dude. So yeah, good I'm, on you, man. Try, I'm trying to give those visuals. Good. Dude, well, you did it. Cause I'm sitting here like, Rick, my chest is like starting to feel heavy. So, all right, man. So as we get into the end of the interview, I, I do this little thing where I call it the game time grind, where I'm just going to kind of throw some some questions your way in regards to to the thing as we as we wrap stuff up. So uh, part of the game time grind is going to be first question. What's your favorite memory of your bull riding experience up to this point? I know there's plenty to come in, but up to this point, your favorite memory in bull riding? Um, my favorite memory in bull riding was um, just um, getting drafted the other day or this year and going to the Nashville stampede and like finally like being a part of like a team that was unreal and like uh, just winning this buckle was like a, the, our team series buckles. And like, this is like, this is, and like, I know that I, it's been a team and like people will always naysay and knock you down just because you're part of the team. And like, yeah, you didn't do it single handedly, but you had a team that helped you. But that's one of my biggest accomplishments is just being a young kid and just like, going after what I love and just actually being able to be one of the very few people that get to say that they do what they love for a living. And, uh, that's my accomplishment is just stay being where I'm at right now and winning with the team and being on the team. That's my, those are my biggest accomplishments and they all kind of form into one. If you ask me. Yeah, no, for sure. That belt's freaking dope, dude. That is, that is gas. I love it. Um, you had mentioned a couple different like people in your life uh, during the interview. You had referenced your dad and some advice he'd given to you when you had suffered an injury. You talked about your brother when you suffered an injury. You've talked about your trainer. Uh, but who is the biggest mentor in your life, Jackson? And what's the best advice they've given you? Oh, man. Well, I could just say that like my dad's been my biggest mentor in my life and uh, he's just always had so much faith in me and he's had faith in my abilities even when I haven't and I've seemed a little, little like get the loss of faith and um, he just always told me to just give it to the Lord and just believe in yourself and like my dad's just, that's all you need to know if you ask me like you just gotta like you already know what you're doing and my dad's helped me out and like I he's got a um, this one quote that he said my whole life and like we've uh we've rode 
we rode bulls. We wrestled to it. I played football to it. And um, it was, we didn't come here to take part. We came here to conquer. And, like, I, that's how I live my life. I just I didn't come here to just be any other guy. I'm here to for a reason to conquer. Like, I'm here for that. And my dad is above it. Like, he knows what's up. So, him. I love that, dude. And here, come here to take part. We came here to conquer. I dig that. Okay, so what's the biggest piece of advice, Jackson? If you if you were to talk to the young rodeo aspiring like bull riders themselves, someone who was just like you, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give them so that they could now knowing what you know now to get to the professional realm and be in, in this situation? Biggest piece of advice you would give them at this point if they were trying to get to there? Just uh, don't don't listen to what anybody else has to say. Don't don't. Everybody's always gonna have something to say and. Of course, you're going to be wanting to go ride a bull, so don't listen to what anybody else has to say. And believe in yourself, and it takes time. you got to train. Stuff doesn't happen overnight. you got to work at it. And, like, you know what? If you've never been – if you've never seen a bull and you never wanted, and you've never been around a bull or you never, um, you never, you never even seen anything like it and you want to go get involved, why don't you just Google – like rodeos near me and like i'm guarantee you in the whole state of the united and the whole country of the united states there is a rodeo in almost every single town i tell you there is and you would be mind blown because you wouldn't even think that your town had a rodeo and you go and you google it just figure it out like look at people who are around you like uh they have high school rodeo in pretty much every single state and like if you're a young kid that's coming up like yeah so just like go figure it out like go um like look it up buy it like buy some stuff i'm, I'm sure that if you went to uh a local farmer or anything and you're like hey man I'm like do you know anything about bull riding do you know anything about rodeo they're gonna be like yeah i know this guy do you want his phone number like and you'll be like okay yes but like i wouldn't say bite off more than you could chew because that's what kills a lot of bull riders off really fast is they they they'll do good and they'll ride good and like that's what i've been protected with in my life is my dad because i've always been the crazy kid that's like oh i'm ready i'm ready i can ride these big bulls but like if my dad wouldn't wouldn't have had that leash around my neck like dude no you're not getting on these bulls yet like then i would probably be busted up and i'd be in an office somewhere like i'm just telling you like you gotta you gotta like know what you can handle and like it's okay to be afraid it really is like it's all right to understand that like your level is down here and that the bull level is up here and that you don't need to get on it and like and that's fine. That's fine. In any professional sport, in any extreme sport, it's fine. You don't need to bite off more than you can chew. Why don't you just stay with what you can chew on and just work your way up the ropes? But I just say want to be involved and just you got to really go out and do it yourself, though. You got to take it upon yourself if you want to be a bull rider or a rodeo person. Or, or ask your parents. Like, as a young kid, I'm sure your, your parents, I mean, if they, if they, a lot of parents are different than mine, but, like, Shoot, if they, if they got their kid and they're telling them, like, hey, I really want to do this, like, can you help me? Like, then I'm pretty sure kids' parents would understand that. You know what I mean? Like, a lot wouldn't. But if you want to do it, then they would understand, like, if you really did. 100%, man, 100%. For those who are here, if, you, if, if you're if you in Idaho where, where I reside, we've got the Snake River Stampede that's, like, literally friggin' half a mile from my house. Uh, so you guys should go check it out. If you guys are listening from Idaho, is what I'm saying, make sure to go check that out. But yeah, like like Jackson said, I'm pretty positive. Every even the small towns end or up kids, having rodeos. Kids, like kids in Arizona, like we've got um, uh, we've got bull ridings everywhere. Like we got young kid bull ridings. Like we got guys that are ready to buck bulls for little kids. Like we got stuff in Arizona all over the place. Uh, here in Texas, um, from the east to the west, there's bucking bulls for kids to get on in Texas and where like Utah kids there's bulls in utah california kids 
I know that's crazy, but there is bulls in California, um, Santa Clarita, like uh, the the Rolling Hills, uh, North no, North Cal, like uh, it's it's there, it's there, like, and like you can find that stuff. Like I'm telling you, the Roadrunner, the Roadrunner restaurant and saloon, that is one of the places where I grew up riding, and it's in Arizona, and it's off of the 17, and it's in New River, Arizona. It's one of the best places for a young guy to start getting on bulls because you get into the mix. Um, there's everything there. You get money, you get a, you get your paycheck, you get your buckles, you get on good bulls. And, um, that's the perfect thing that a guy needs to do to get into the sport. If you ask me. So, yes, that's what I like to hear. That's the point of this. We want to, we want to educate people and, and help anybody else out that might be listening to this and be like super intrigued. So my last question for you, Jackson is what do you expect or what can we expect from you? I guess like, where do you, where do you want to be in the next three years? Like if you were to look three years from now, where should we see Jackson Mortensen or where, where would you like to be if all went according to plan? Um, I don't think that there's a, ever any such thing as shooting for the moon too big. Uh, I shoot uh, there. The sky is not the limit, if you ask me. And I am planning on being the uh, champion of the world for the PBR Unleash the Beast Tour. Um, I'm going to plan on being the rookie of the year in the next three years. And um, you know what? That's not even a false sense of hope. That's a legitimate goal that I have right now. And I'm determined and I'm going to put in some work and then, yeah, I've been out, but I'm telling you the next time I'm on this podcast with you, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a different man. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be the same man, but I'm just going to have a lot more under my belt and I believe it. And I'm, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to do it. And I'm, I want to be a champion. That's all I got to say. In the next three years, I want to be a champion and I want to be doing what I've dreamed of doing more than I already am. That's awesome. And I have no doubt, man, after hearing, hearing from you today that that's a definite possibility, right? Like that's, you've got the determination, the work ethic, you know, you've, you've got it all. You got the skill set to go along with it, of course, but all the other things that go along with it sounds like you've got a good supporting cast, good people around you, just on your team, everything, good trainers, good parents, you know, good siblings, like everything that you need is there and you got the skill set. It's just a matter of going out and executing. And I look forward to the future, man. When, when I pull you back on the show and you got uh, the championship under your belt, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So I just want to say thanks brother for taking the time to, to join me today. And I'm glad we could actually make it happen because yep. it was a solid interview. So thank you so much, brother. Thank you too, man. Thank you for having me. The Game Time Guru podcast. Uh, Y'all should tune into more videos. I'm sure that I'm going to start watching some more as well. Like this is a, uh... This is going to be a good deal. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. For all those who are listening, hey, like I said in the beginning, if you guys enjoyed the interview, leave us a, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the channel, and uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another one. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.